The Footy Dictionary and Sin Media acknowledges and pays respects to the traditional custodians of all the lands on which AFL games were played this weekend. Can they score before the first bell? Oh, hello and welcome back to the Footy Dictionary on Sin, the number one, undisputed number one footy radio show that talks about all things footy language, niche footy obscurities and loves and fascinations and irritations. My name is Harper Pestinger here on the Footy Dictionary and joining me first up for the first time in a few weeks, actually, Hamish O'Brien. How are you, Hamish? Yeah, good afternoon, Harper. How's things for you? I'm pretty well to answer your question. I'm good and uh, I'm very excited to be back. I think we've had like three weeks off, three weeks off the airwaves and people have just been listening to repeats of our last episode, but it's, it's good to be back and it's good <laughs> to be joined again by Connor Buttergeek. Connor, how have you been? Uh, we've missed you. Where have you been? Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm a bit down the dumps after the weekend's result, but I'm slowly recovering, Harper. I'm sure you're going a bit better than I am. <laughs> I am. Last we uh, heard, after... you were down in Bell Reef, weren't you? Or was it Guatemala, <laughs> one of those places? Yeah, I, I was actually in, I was in Bell Reef, and I did tell you off air just before, Hamish. Um, I can confirm that us North supporters don't like Jason Horn Francis. Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> there, there you go, a bit of breaking news to start the yes. show. <laughs> there will be lots of fantastic topics covered in today's show. A big Big, exciting segment uh, for the end. And we've got a stinger for it as well, which I'm pumped for. But tell you what, we've got a stinger for first. This is from last week, actually, but I'll play the stinger nonetheless. And I think it's going to be a long, long time Till I'm regularly seen in the forward line I'm not a man who attends the brown low Oh, no, no, no I'm a dreamy man Oh, the German segment is back here on the Foot Dictionary on Sin. And Hamish, just before I play the clip, uh, like I said, from last week, can you just give a recap to our listeners about what, what our general definition of, of a journeyman is? What are the criteria? Oh, well, this is much, much argued and debated about over a number of weeks, but I think the journeyman, well, has to have played for a multitude of clubs, as our little song suggests, and they have to have a certain appearance about them. So think Tom Hickey, think uh, Tom Campbell, very scraggy, and I think they also have to be nothing better than an average footballer. I agree with that. that. I think that's a pretty uh, consensus view on the matter. But Matthew Lloyd clearly doesn't listen to the footy dictionary because here's what he had to say on access all areas after West Coast game against Hawthorne a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, but this is Gaff, yeah. You want to see players yeah, challenge the team defence. So go forward, take the ball forward. And there's two players. He just hits that and they're having a shot for goal, but it's become very, very safe. He's become just a, a, a journeyman type footballer with the way he's playing safe football versus the hard right, gut running forward. But, Okay, Connor, 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 Connor. Matthew Lloyd rolls with a journeyman-type footballer for Andrew Gaff. And it is important to distinguish, he didn't say a journeyman, but a journeyman-type footballer. How do you feel about that? Well, I feel like it's a bit of a half-assed dip at calling someone a journeyman, but uh, I don't like it because as much as I dislike Gaff a little bit, um, he's definitely not a journeyman in any way. He's 
One one club player, Gaffey, isn't he? He is. To start yeah. off with. Yeah. And he's just too good of a footballer. Well, has been over time. Mm. Um, but he was talking about uh, being a safe footballer, not, not taking too many risks. So that, that's something that you could say maybe is befitting of the, the journeyman tag, Hamish, but just everything else about it, it just it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, I've got a couple of points to raise with this one. Um, first thing is he's he was way too good at his peak to be considered a journeyman. Let's let's get that out of the way. But the second point I've got is on the weekends. So Matthew Lloyd spoke about this last week. On the weekend when they played Collingwood, he actually had a shot in the third quarter, which when they were about twenty points behind, he was about thirty-five out, slight angle, and he didn't make the distance. Now I wanted to ask you: Is not making the distance from thirty-five out? a journeyman type of set shot or is a more journeyman-like set shot when they kick it out of bounds on the full when it goes into the second deck? I would say when I think of a journeyman type set shot, I would think of someone kicking a ball like end over end and just absolutely <laughs> shanking it. Or I, I feel like when I think of a journeyman, I suppose it's a bit biased because I think of a big ruckman or key mm. position player though. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, Harper. Well, yeah, I think maybe a Mason Cox or something. I know very different reasons for this, but he's got a bit of the journeyman type uh, kicking action and set, set shot style about him early in his career, especially wasn't making the distance from 30 metres out. Um, and we spoke about Andrew Phillips as well a few weeks ago against Port Adelaide where he had the, a chance to, I think it was draw the game for Essendon in Adelaide. Uh, but befitting of his journeyman tag uh he, he missed <laughs> and Essen uh resultingly lost um but a, a journeyman type set shot uh kind of your question i think um yeah a, a end over end a total shake maybe mm. is a bit too far um like uh, i think uh well, a journeyman like it would be a decent kick, but just not quite there. Like your Andrew Phillips one from a few weeks ago, and maybe they don't quite make the distance. It's like nearly there, but not quite in a lot of ways. Well, Phillips did have one today. Ah, uh, sorry, yesterday in the Essendon North Melbourne game, late in the quarter, fourth quarter, he, he absolutely hoofed one. He hoofed <laughs> one for about thirty out and tried to kick it uh, back, back into the. Uh, what's the harbour there at Docklands? Victoria Harbour, maybe? Can't think of it. But he tried to put it in there anyway and he missed, but it was a beautiful <laughs> kick off the boot. But, uh, <laughs> granted, though, granted though, it ended up being a goal assist, didn't it? <laughs> no, no, it was a point. He, he missed. He was only about 20 out and tried to kick the skin off it. But, um, yeah, Gas was almost... He poked at it too much for mine. It was a little too tentative. Mm. I think journeymen have that overconfidence about them when they're taking a set shot. <laughs> Connor, I think you're thinking of the one uh, where he, I'm not sure if it was even shot in God, but he just hoofed it up in the air and then yeah. someone kind and of he tried the to, mark. He tried to snap it and somehow check-sided yeah. it the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and he ended just up really landing in someone's hat. <laughs> like, yeah, and that, that was a goal assist. But... um. Unless you guys have got anything else on journeyman uh, kicking styles, Connor, you, you had a new uh, candidate to float for us, and we're, we're going to see if they uh, fit the fit the bill. I do, boys, and I just before I bring his name up, I just want to mention it 
Have you ever thought of a journeyman and thought of someone who could win a leading goal kicker award for a season? Maybe in country that's, footy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, bear with me. What if I said that said leading goal kicker was tied on 23 goals for the season? Would that, would that change your mind a little bit? Could that help you out? I think it would. I think it would. Okay. Goals, not an awful lot. Now, this may he, – he played – he actually played a few games at each club. Um, so he's played 2012 to 2015 at Geelong for 33 games, 2016 to 2019 at Brisbane, 52 games, in which 2016 he won that goalkeeping award. Hamish, Hamish. Sorry, this isn't going to be one of Harper's uh, dead eye or disease footballers, is it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think oh, so. Keep going, man. <laughs> Could be in trouble here. And then where did he finish his career up then, Hamish? I've got no idea. <laughs> okay, he's finished up at North Melbourne from 2020 oh. to 2022. Connor, is it the great man, Josh Walker? It is Josh Walker. Now, boys, um, he's played... Th- so, th- over his 10 years, I believe he played 140-ish games. You'd think that's not too bad and maybe not a journeyman, but judging by his look and his actual ability... Would we be agreeing that he is a journeyman? Well, in my mind, Josh Walker did not play 140 games. So that helps his case a lot if they fly under the radar for that long. Um, and he was never a superstar. I don't know what his uh, maximum games in his season was, but it wouldn't have been above 15, I'm, g- I'm going to say, oh, maybe. I reckon um, the North he may have. But if I'm wrong, that just <laughs> adds to it, I think, because, yeah. again, flying under the radar. Um, well, maybe the best compliment that I could give him would be that in his latter years, he actually started to look a very, very much like Ben and Harry Mackay from a distance. So <laughs> perhaps that was the closest he got to superstardom, if you could call either of Ben and Harry a superstar at the moment. But that's a discussion for another time. But yeah, he's he's certainly a journeyman, I think. Qualifies well, beautifully. Could it help him out in his journeyman status even more, that the fact that he was that sort of especially at North, he was sort of that swing player where he never really had a set position between a key defender or a key forward. The thing that threw me originally was I had no idea that he was a forward in his early days. I've only oh. ever known him as a defender, no, I think. He's, he's he's definitely... Well, He's I think he rose through the ranks as a defender, but, right. yeah, it's a bit strange. He's won a... He's actually got a Brisbane goal, leading goal kicker award in 2016 with 23 goals. <laughs> I mean, forgive my ignorance, but again, I think this just adds to the case that oh, I yeah. thought he was a ruckman. Uh, but oh, no, not at all. And uh, I, I think um, his name is perfect. Mm. It could not be more journeyman like Josh Walker, <laughs> like Irving Mosquito or oh. something like that. Is never going to be a journeyman, even if he's got the look, even if he's got the stats, even if he's got the, if he's got the ability or the lack thereof. Irving Mosquito, never. Or uh, like Cyril Rioli. It's a bit more Ooh. of a unique name, but Josh, yeah. Josh Walker. Josh never. Battle says, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, anyway, so moving on. <laughs> but yes, uh, mo- moving on to uh, Melbourne versus Carlton from uh, the, the round just gone. And of course, the Melbourne home game at the MCG, they got the chockies. And we cast a very close eye upon the social media accounts of all 18 AFL clubs. Uh, Twitters, Instagrams, see if they've done anything wrong. Uh, and in very few cases, done anything right. And this one is awful from the Melbourne Twitter account Hamish they've won the game they've got their little full-time graphic D's win and their caption is four points coming home that's that's awful that's like that tell you what that's like that's like getting up at 12 a.m at home going to the fridge getting a chalky milk out taking it to your room and then saying we've brought the chockies home today it is absolutely <laughs> deplorable if there's any club to lay claim to being the MCG's home club, it is the Melbourne <laughs> yeah. Football Club. It's terrible. Maybe, maybe this is a soft launch at the Melbourne Footy Club trying to rebrand as the Casey Football Club now. They've got their headquarters down there because otherwise, oh, even Gosh's Paddock is probably geographically... Well, well, there's three grounds in there to be in the top three. It's definitely in the top three yeah. closest training grounds to the MCG. It is, I'd never oh, – it just boils my <laughs> blood. Yeah, oh. I don't really have much more to add. It's pretty bad. Like, it's a simple – it's a very big mistake. And, yeah, I think, I think over the coming weeks, a few social media managers need to watch out because we're going to be keeping a very close eye on these tweets post-game. Mm. And just to raise another one to you, Hamish, actually – Carlton, did you happen to see what their post-game tweet was with the caption? Yeah, I did. <laughs> the same yeah. thing that they've well, the, the, for the last three weeks, weren't you? No, it was ac- the Twitter one was actually the lack there of a caption. There was no caption. It was just hashtag AFL D's Blues. Ah, they they good. went they went silence. Yeah, I'm just going to quote Snapper from wherever he was from on Three AW the other day, but. Maybe they should stop talking. <laughs> they should stop talking and just start performing as, as the nuffies that call up at, on SEN every Monday morning, including this morning, like to say. Um, so, yeah, I've got no problems with that. I think I'd rather that than see a half-assed attempt at a caption, Harper. Oh, I think you've got to pick your moments to go captionless and a 17-point loss to a good team like Melbourne, it's... It's not the end of the world. I know Carlton's not in a good spot at the moment, but maybe you do that after you get smashed by West Coast or something. Um, Half of the world is falling down. <laughs> That'd be stupid. Let's not go here because we'll have a seven-hour special. I think it's just the. <laughs> I think it's just the accumulation of so many bad losses in a row. And if you saw the game, let me tell you, it was a bad loss. Melbourne was <laughs> shocking, and yet but, somehow we were worse. <laughs> Can I add, I don't understand, why do they post a captionless one on Twitter, but then on Instagram they do roll with the caption. Is there different, and I wanted to bring this up, Twitter, I swear, I've been looking, and I could be wrong, but Twitter seems like more of an open place to troll, for, for even for clubs, whereas it seems like Instagram's more of like a official good look business only. Mm. Boys, do you, is there any reason for that? Well, that's probably how they, the two social media sites promote themselves in a in a way, isn't it? Like Twitter's very out there and outspoken and sort of put your opinions out, whereas Instagram, 
it's like everyone's trying to promote their perfect lives and what have you. So mm. uh, I think it's understandable. Um, yeah, Twitter's certainly a bit more no holds barred. Harper, if you've got anything to add on that. Well, uh, yeah, I think Twitter very much so. I think you're right there. Instagram's a bit like teenage boys trying to make witty jokes. And then Facebook. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Facebook. <laughs> that is just a whole nother world of 60-year-olds sitting on the couch and, like, keyboard warriors to the absolute next mm. level, I think. And lots of cheer squad types, I think, uh, up on the yeah. Facebook page and in the Facebook groups and things like that. And speaking of cheer squad types, uh, this is the Essendon banner uh, from the game against North Melbourne yesterday on Sunday. Um, it reads like this. The earthquake sent the Kangas hopping. We're here to win. There's no stopping. <laughs> and an apostrophe on Kangas as well. Connor, <laughs> this, I don't think you can get much worse. Well, boys, for starters, um, I think the apostrophe should be after earthquake and it should be earthquakes because we've actually had three in the past week in Melbourne. So they're already, they're already <laughs> off to a bad start there. And... Yeah, the apostrophe after Kang is, well, in Kang is, it is very questionable. But as we were speaking about off air, who approves these boys? Like, where, how do these, as you said, Harper, how does, how does this slip through the cracks of the Essendon Football Club? Oh, there's clearly a, a, like a power vacuum or, or something. Uh, it's just no, the checks and balances aren't, aren't in place in the uh, Essendon Cheer Squad community. And is... Like the earthquake sent the Kangas hopping. Is that like some uh, reference to a David Attenborough documentary they watched or something where kangaroos like run away when an earthquake comes? Is that a thing that happens or is it just like they're meant to be clever but it's not really that funny or yeah. interesting or smart? Yeah. No, it's just an attempt to intertwine a relevant event of the past weekend with the team that they happen to be playing on the weekend and and it's um, forged fell short of the mark that's for sure in saying this boys I think <laughs> there would have still been a lot of as you said Facebook users probably 50 plus year old I'd say women that would have been just laughing hysterically after reading that <laughs> thoughts absolutely they, they they're probably not at the uh, intellect required uh, to <laughs> acknowledge the uh, the humour in Danny McGinley's Western Bulldogs banners from a few years ago. They, they were really good. I like those. I miss those a lot. But um, there's definitely some woman called Marjorie coming up with those jokes and giggle along to them. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a rabbit hole of the conversation. I think we should try our best to avoid. I think we should before we uh, uh, offend all the Marjorie's out there but yeah let's not name any names here maybe then but connor we were talking and you were wondering who who makes who who comes up with the lines if not an external comedian hired by the club like danny mcginlay is it the cheer squad members because they're not known to be particularly witty hence this kind of this recent one but the smart ones who comes up with them well i've always thought that it's just Someone, someone like a social media person or a media person, someone behind the scenes comes up with it, and the cheer squad members are just the labourers. Basically, they're there to make the banner. But yeah, I don't know. We, I think maybe we need to do a bit of investigation, boys, for next week and get to the bottom of this. Sounds very good. There was a, uh, 
video doing the rounds uh, of a couple of very, very junior, uh, I think they were, SM players sent out to a cheer squad banger-making session. Uh, it, was a, it was interesting. Lucky them. Little, <laughs> lucky them. They, were, they could not contain their excitement, let me tell you that. But move, moving on. The cheer squad the, members might have learned a thing or two. <laughs> and moving on to the uh, Port Adelaide versus Hawthorne game. Uh, here on the Footy Dictionary on Sin. Thank you very much for tuning in. And there was a shot after the siren from Hawthorne. And then an interesting thing that Hamish took note of, it's a growing trend in recent weeks, months, years. Uh, here, here it is. See if you notice it. Port Adelaide have a record nine straight wins. Fair to say it was dominant, as dominant a first half as we've seen from any team for a long time. It was unbelievable, and then they took the foot off the pedal, the Hawks cranked it up, and it was quite a, quite a fight back from this young Hawthorne side in the second half. My issue with this actually isn't doesn't lie with the commentators. It lies with the ground announcer in between, or in the background of the commentators speaking. The siren goes, and I can't remember who was taking a shot after the siren. It's irrelevant. But the siren goes, the shot's taken, he misses, and then the PA decides to get himself involved and speak before the theme song plays. Now, Connor Harper, I hate that. I hate the fact that someone has to insert themselves in between that few seconds of dead space between the siren and the song. Is is that a cardinal sin? I think so, yeah. It's... Obviously, your hatred for it um, stems from actually being there yourself, um, hence why you picked up on it, because I'm sure you're listening out to it, waiting for it to happen. But, yeah, I'm with you. I do I do like, after the first song rolls through, how they'll tend to, if obviously apart from an interview, they'll, they'll read out the goal kickers, the leading goal kickers and whatnot, and then they'll potentially roll into another theme song themselves. I do love that aspect of it, but... Yeah, you're right. I don't think there's any getting away with that speaking before the first siren, especially just yelling out, it's a 50-point victory for the power. Like, no one's there for that. I'm more okay with it um, considering the fact that the siren went and then there was a kick for goal, so they couldn't play the song straight away and it acted as a bit of a buffer maybe, but they, they usually do that anyway. So if it's like siren talk... Uh, like PA announcement and then song, that's no good at all. Um, I, don't, I don't hate it as much as you, I don't think, but what does bug me, what does really grind my gears, and I've spoken about the reverse of this, my, my love for the opposite in the Daniel Cherney episode of the back catalogue, which I recommend people check out. Um, radio commentators do this. I wish TV commentators did. They, as the kind of opening couple bars to uh, the theme song play, they, they talk and they stop. The lyrics comes in and then there's the instrumental uh, <laughs> middle part of each song. Port Adelaide doesn't have that one. There's the instrumental middle part. I think Connor mentioned this. Uh, and then they say... <sighs> And uh, Port Adelaide, a comprehensive victory today with this person kicking five goals and that person kicking four goals. It was never in doubt. And then the singing plays again, and then it's done. They don't do that on TV, and it really, really bugs me, Hamish. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it is a beautiful thing to have that such flow and such rhythm to it. Um, it is an art form. Um, 
uh, they should do it a bit more, I think. They cut to interviews way too quickly for mine. But um, just quickly, uh, can I just quickly go back to the grand announcing thing? Hate to go over old grand here, <laughs> but it's like, imagine Freddie Mercury and Queen before they come out to Live Aid and instead of rolling with what I don't know, I can't even remember whatever they rolled with, something, AO or whatever they did to fire up the crowd, Freddie walks out and goes, hello guys, I'm Freddie, this is Brian and the other two's names who was, I temporarily forget, we're Queen, we're going to have a, play a few songs for you today, we hope you enjoy, anyway, here we go, and then they start playing, I, it's such a mood killer. Mm. It's a bit, um, anyway, yeah, it's a bit amateur want... hour, isn't it? But... Flip yeah. side, you also like the music at the Gabba, and that's like even worse for me. <laughs> no, that's it's it's a completely different, completely different subject. <laughs> anyway, just had to add that uh, my two cents on that one. Had that one lined up for from fifty. <laughs> Look, yeah, I'm sure we can dive very, very deep into that in, in the coming weeks. But speaking of Queen, there's a, a new segment that we've got and a new stinger that we've got. The segment is called Hamo's Hammer. Yes, thank you, Freddie. It is Hamo's Hammer, the segment that is certainly different and not inspired in any way by a specific footy show segment run by a certain reporter whose name starts with C and ends with Araline Wilson. Anyway, all this is is me taking a pot shot at anyone or anything and seeing if it sticks, which, again, you may say, well, hang on, isn't that exactly like Cara's arrow? Well, uh, no, mine's a bit more tongue-in-cheek, so it doesn't count. (laughs) This week, gentlemen, this week I've got all commentators in my sights and I'm dishing out a 666 warning to the lot of them. I want to take you boys back to 2019 when the AFL introduced their now infamous 666 rule, which at the time... It was a little bit airy-fairy, and rightfully, during games, commentators liked to mention the benefits regularly as teams were either stuffing it up... (laughs) I just realised I said benefits, and then... Hang on, I'll go back to... And commentators liked to mention that... uh, (laughs) And commentators (laughs) liked to mention it regularly as teams were either stuffing it up or reaping the benefits of said rule. Now, that's fair enough. Um... Commentators had every right to mention the rule at the start of the first year. But fast forward to 2023, Harper and Connor, why am I still hearing the 666 rule talked about by commentators as if it is a new age thing? Five years it has been, and I hate to pick... Alistair Nicholson's name out of a hat here, but um, <laughs> since he was the latest culprit on Saturday night, I've got no choice. So I'll set the scene. The dogs were the three or four goals up, or sorry, down on Saturday night, and he started waffling on, as per usual, like they all do, about the new 666 rule, <laughs> saying that if they could just get one quick goal, then they could exploit the rule by, guess what, winning quick clearances and not having cat's numbers flooding the defence. Well, handball off the turf and call me Simon Blackboys, but forgive me, how dumb do the commentators think us general football watchers are? We know. I just think this is, in my eyes, this is the new 
Scott Pendlebury basketball background call. <laughs> and I'm already well sick of it. I was sick of it in 2020, and in 2023, they are still mentioning it at the end of the games when it's tight and teams are two or three goals behind. They just love to bring up this rule as if as if it's going to change something. And I'm, I'm, I'd like to say I haven't really seen it change much yet. But, but, and I'm not done yet, I think the worst thing about this boys, is that when all of a sudden a player or a team commits a so-called 666 offence and gets a warning or worse, gives away a free kick, these very callers are the first to arc up and exclaim that the players and teams should know this by now and by then, and then ask, how the bloody hell are these errors happening? Well, isn't that just the pot calling the kettle black? Maybe... <laughs> Commentator, if you would like to bag the players for not knowing the rules, then how about ease up on the 666 chatter yourselves? So, gentlemen, I say it is time for commentators to stop bringing up the rule late in games with such dumbfounding incomprehension. Thoughts, please. I, I very much agree with you. I think it's an easy thing to say. Uh, that's like a, a mindless thing that's almost automatic at this stage. Just that uh, much of a trodden out cliche uh and the the people who haven't heard it before like potentially new footy fans or something they don't care about the 666 rule <laughs> like it's it, it just boggles the mind that no one's given any of the commentators alistair nicholson whoever else little tap on the shoulder say hey mate perhaps uh you've done that one uh, a bit too many few too many times Bearing in mind, I've, I've come off the long run-up for a subject that's about as big of an issue as Mount Witchy Proof. Uh, it's, it's really not much, but as I said, it's very tongue-in-cheek. Connor, just your thoughts, please. Well, I agree with you that it does get used a lot, but I guess the only way to play devil's advocate is, in the grand scheme of things, it is still new. Like, for as long as football has been around, it's still very recent. So... I guess I'm with you, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a touchy one for you, as I can tell. Mm. Not really. It just annoys me a little bit. I heard it <laughs> again on Saturday night, and I thought, yeah, he's in my sights. Uh, um, no, I just think it's just getting way too overused. And maybe if they referred to it very briefly, but the the tone they use and the way they keep calling it new, uh, it just doesn't seem very new to me. Mm. Yeah. And so another thing kind of similar to that, I think the stand rule, was that brought in the same year or maybe the year after? No, I think it was the year after. Um, yeah, maybe the year after. People saying that the stand rule is ruining the game. It's I, I, I don't understand that mm. at all. It's just such an like, easy, uh, oh, I, I hate everything modern. Mm. <laughs> I, I, think, I think anyone uh, who views it with... Uh, um, kind of reasonable enough look will see that if anything it's, it's opened things up and it makes it things more high scoring free flowing like all these old boomers are asking for in the first place yeah let's get Caroline from Caroline Springs is that you? <laughs> I have a um, question Hamish with this new segment is there any way um, you may get very inspired by Caro and potentially put yourself under the hammer one day as Caro has done very recently <laughs> Uh, I'll give myself the hammer and put a nail in the coffin one of these days. I'm sure if we go back through the archives, I've made countless mistakes on this show. 
Um, but it's all in good fun, isn't it? We manage a giggle together, so that's the main thing. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm taking this very, very seriously, like this entire show. And uh, we're going to do a bit of a rotation of stingers, actually, because there's quite, quite a few songs that uh, fit the bill. We'll see which one sticks, <laughs> like like with your hammer in general. But moving on to a more uh, another tribunal <laughs> hearing, uh, this is this is Carly Underwood from the Adelaide Gold Coast Boy. game uh, at the end of the first quarter. It's a thumping kick as well, which is going to give his team a chance. Can they score before the first bell? King. <laughs> the oh, first bell. Too many phallic references. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the first bell. How many... Oh, I actually forgot to look this up pre-show. I was, going to, I was supposed to look up how many sirens they, they blow before... Um, before the first bounce and then before the first quarter siren, which is what Kelly Underwood. I think it's. To. I reckon it's four before the first bounce, apart from the warm up ones, because yeah, you got two when they walk out, then one to say like get in your position, or I think, and then there's yeah. just the last one, isn't it? Yeah, but even the warm up ones, how many? Yeah, like, well, then you got the warm ups. Two hours, well, but, one hour, something like but that. But who's there for the like? Not everyone's there for the warm up. Yeah, so. we, we don't know. Um, but yeah, for, first bell. I, I mean, we can say the thinking, but it, it just doesn't work at all. Yeah, you got to go with first, first quarter or first break. Stands up. First bell. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And also, so I don't, a, I don't really like, um, I don't really like. Can they score before the first bell? Anyway, because it sounds like they haven't actually scored yet. Like I would have yeah, thought, can true. they, can they snatch another one? Can they kick another one? Before can they get one more mm. before quarter time? But she yeah she's had a, she's had a mare here, boys. Yeah, I think and it's more on the minor scale, but yeah, I think it is more on the minor scale. But um, just on, on score, I've heard a great and concerning rise uh, in articles and commentary and everything of people saying goal scorers instead of goal kickers, and it's very it's far too soccer for me. And I don't think the original arbiters and writers of the first uh, Australian rules, football rules, would be very happy with that. Yeah, it's. Mm. Mm, I don't. I don't like. It. I don't like score. Yeah, yeah you, I, you don't I agree. score a goal. You, you you kick a goal. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just one of those things that has always been a unique part of footy. You don't score a goal. Mm. You kick a goal, and its uh, its presence is, is greatly waning and it's well, it's a huge concern for me. Well, yeah, we want, we want to keep it as unique as possible. So I think you're right. Keep it with goal kickers. Mm, well, what do they say um, in uh, Amer- American football? Like, oh, obviously, there aren't goals, but what's the terminology you use? Score, touchdown. But do they have a term for multiple touchdown scorers? Like, they always say... Like someone with four TD receive or whatever they say. Receptions. Do they have another? Or, yeah. Mm. That's the, have, oh, it's hard. Well, touchdown passes, um, receptions, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never heard that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that, but I don't know. Keep it unique. I'm with you, Harper. Yep, yep. Uh, and uh, look, we, <laughs> we've been trying a whole load of new segments recently and today, and this... I think, uh, Connor, I don't know about you, Hamish, I, I can kind of guess what, what you think about this. This is one I'm most excited for. New segment, new stinger. It's another one for Hamish, and it's called Footy Card Fact. Footy Card Facts, Footy Card Facts. Graham John Cock once stepped on his cat. 
disclaimer, <laughs> disclaimer, Graham John Cock did not knowingly step on his cat, and I'm not even sure if he ever stepped on his cat, or owned a cat at all, but I just thought it rhymed and sounded funny. So, apologies to Jake. <laughs> Dragging, dragging, Graham, John Cox's name through the mud there. Um, unfortunately, Britney Spears was saved by auto-tune, but they haven't helped me out in any way, shape or form there whatsoever. But alas, Part it's the, the segment where I rip out my old footy card packs. Herald Sun editions from the years 2007 through to 2012, to be specific, and just provide a couple of interesting facts as they are termed in these books. First one is a bit of a quiz for you and Harper, <laughs> Connor. Um, the names Paul Medhurst and Andrew McLeod. Sorry. Fuck. I picked up the wrong card and just screamed away. <laughs> First one's a bit of a quiz for you, Connor and Harper. Now, the names Paul Medhurst and Michael Ferrito may have never been used in the same sentence before. However, can either of you take a guess at what these two names have in common, please? <laughs> I've got no idea, Hamish. Paul Why don't you enlighten me? We need some kind of clue. <laughs> um, it's, well, this one, oh, well, it might give it away, but it's to do with collections. Okay. They collect rocks. Uh, not quite, Connor. <laughs> um, they collect. I've no idea. They collect crystals. <laughs> Same uh, thing. <laughs> uh, boy, that's contentious. But uh, <laughs> no, the answer is they are both stamp collectors. Would you believe it? Oh, you've actually oh. told me that. You've told me that. Have I? I? That. You've told me about Spud. I think really. Both stamp collectors, and I've actually reached out to both Ferrito and Medhurst, and would you believe it, boys, but we haven't got an answer from either of them. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully in coming episodes of the show, we can uh, get them on to maybe meet and compare notes on stamp collecting. Um, just got another few. Uh, my favourite thing about these footy facts is most of them are terrible. They are the worst facts you could come up with. Um, for instance... Andrew McLeods, they obviously haven't asked him. This is his interesting fact <laughs> from the season 2009. How different would the 1997-1998 grand finals have been had the Norm Smith medalist not been traded from Fremantle? <laughs> you can't even classify that as a fact, can you? <laughs> what? <laughs> that is so a, strange. That's just a query. <laughs> <laughs> that is Given so dependent. Oh my god, oh. that is so good. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, maybe my intro was inspired by <laughs> Travis Cloak's interesting fact from 2009. During a photo shoot featuring various pets, Cloak was bitten on the ear by the family cockatoo named Bert. <laughs> That's <laughs> there you go. to the Cloak family. And the last one I've got for you today, and obviously I'm going to have more for you in the future, um, Bryce Gibbs, his favourite holiday destination, that's what he's got. Um, you've each got one guess to guess where it is. Harper, you first. <laughs> Let, let's let's go with St. Petersburg. Nope. Uh, Connor? <laughs> I'm going to say Papua New Guinea. <laughs> Well, you're both very close, but unfortunately the answer was actually the Port Elliot. The Port? Port? 
point. The Point Elliot Caravan Park. You right. <laughs> oh, Must you be idiots. an ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cash. maybe. Cash is so, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so next time, if you could please maybe do a bit more ins- uh, research into Bryce Gibbs' life, that would be good. <laughs> and speaking of ambassadors... Um, I was reading a Heath Shaw GWS pocket profile. Uh, it must have been a few days ago now. And do you guys remember when he was caught up in that betting scandal? Yeah. Uh, like betting on one of his own team's games or something while he was at Collingwood. So a bit earlier in his career, maybe early 2010s, I think, or something like that. And then mm. he got to GWS and he fills out his pocket profile. Three apps you can't live without. Weather app, massage app, and the TAB app. <laughs> <laughs> Am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised in the slightest. Leopards, they don't change them. They don't change those spots, do they, Harper? And those, he's wearing it with pride. But, Amish, any more for us? Uh, that's it for this week, but let me tell you, I've got thousands lined up in the back catalogue, so don't worry, it'll be back next week. <laughs> Should we play the stinger one more time? Oh, I liked it very much. Oh, gee, I don't know. <laughs> don't do it to me. Facts. Graham John Cock once stepped on his cat. <laughs> Shocking. Now, boys, just oh, to, to before good. we finish up, um, another social media matter that I've just seen on Instagram. West Coast have posted a photo of John Nagoe, uh his bump on, oh, who was it? I can't remember his name, fellas. Elijah, Elijah Hewitt. Hewitt, there you go. Yep. Um, obviously, <laughs> for West Coast list quality. <laughs> there you go. Obviously, in the media over the weekend, bit of a controversial bump, which will likely, well, which has been sent straight to the tribunal. West Coast posted a steel shot of Dekoe's shoulder on Hewitt's head, and have just rolled with straight to the tribunal, full stop, in all ca- uh, lowercase letters. Now, boys, as Strange as this is to see, do you find it a little bit interesting given, as the bloke we talked about earlier, Andrew Gaff, only five years ago was rubbed out for eight weeks and missed a premiership for a king hit off the ball? It's it's strange. (laughs) Are they the first club to ever do that? They'd have to be. They must be. Talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) It's... It's so bizarre. Maybe it's like they want to rile up their members because they're losing and want to sort of get them on side. This also couples with Dom Sheed on radio post-game saying that Dugowie should get one or two months for that hit, <laughs> which, I mean, I'm, as you would probably guess, I'm not the biggest Collingwood defender myself, but and it, and it was a bad hit, but a month or two? <laughs> Come on. Well, I think a month is probably warranted. A uh, month, is, maybe, but two months... Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Andrew just, Gaff got eight weeks, didn't he? Well, t- to me, boys, it's for a club who in recent years have had the upper hand over Collingwood, and you'd almost say have been rent free for Collingwood. It just seems a bit stupid. Like it seems like the, the genuine opposite of being the bigger man or the bigger club in this mm. circumstance. Like it just seems so petty and cringe for mine. Yeah, it does seem petty and cringe, but I, I think they must have expected the reaction they got <laughs> or they're just really, really, really dumb. And I think um, it's a case, it just stinks of a case of 
wanting to get a reaction out of people and wanting to get some social media engagement and potentially some more followers. Yeah. Don't know if their followers have been boosted since then, but uh, the West Coast social media strategy really, really, really irks me. Um, they, it's they're one of those teams which goes with the all lowercase for for all their yeah. captions and mm. for for their bios as well and. I think Collingwood maybe does it as well, but they pull it off a bit better. It's a bit cooler. Um, I think they, uh, yeah, it, it just feels like a bit a bit trendier the way way Collingwood do it. But West Coast it's almost is almost cooler when they're at the top of the ladder versus <laughs> dead last, probably. True, um, but for West Coast, I, I fear it's just a, a lack of uh, intelligence and a lack of grammatical knowledge. Oh, I it's know like, something. Yeah. To, Tiana, 15 years of age from Cottesloe, would do for all her Instagram captions. I fear. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I don't like it. Yeah, boys, are we, we're, not, we're not giving that a pass, are we? Are they going to the tribunal? Have they been sent to the tribunal? And what is, our, mm. what is our verdict, boys? Well, it's just one of those things that you love to hate. And I mm. hate it. I hate that they did it, but I almost love that they did it in a way because you need that sort of – you need that level of engagement sometimes just to create a bit of fun, I guess. So, um, But, no, I still don't like it, as I was saying. Maybe they're just defending their boy, Elijah Hewitt. He just, <laughs> it just makes me so proud to pull on the West Coast jumping on a, that Jordan Degoe, he, he's, a, he's a criminal. Um, <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Well, that was West Coast fans in. don't have too much to shout about, so maybe they're just getting well, like a, a us against them mentality, trying to foster that even more. Um, yeah. it's, it's strange. I don't really hate it, but I, I just think it's really odd. Well, my immediate thought is what well, was that they were sort of saying we're we're together on this. We're not going to stand for that sort of thing. But it's just a bit hypocritical from my point earlier. I think like. You can't really play moral high ground when you've got a bloke still <laughs> on your list who did a far worse act. True. That's have known that was getting brought up. Yeah. But uh, how many years ago was the gaff hit now? I think it was well, 2018. It was 2018. Yeah, it was five years ago, but he's still yeah. playing. <laughs> <laughs> he's still playing, but does it make it better that it was five years ago and not last year? Oh well, yeah, I suppose so, but I don't know, I just... I don't think they're the perfect me- the perfect person in this situation or club. Then again, what club is really exactly yeah. like who who you can take them all high ground? Everyone's had a player who's done something stupid and reckless. And, uh, <laughs> but Gaff Gaff does stand out. Exhibit sure. A, any other Exhibit A, Exhibit A of having clubs that have done something a bit stupid. We have Kangaroo Flat Football Netball Club. <laughs> <laughs> I've signed Jonathan Patton for season 2023, if you don't mind, ladies have and they? gentlemen. Yes, I have. have. <laughs> oh, my God. Jonathan Patton. <laughs> so, as of this week, I'm out of retirement and um, I'm back just to find out what the go is. Friend of the um, show, by the way. Yeah, friend of the show. obvious friend of the show. He will Jonathan be anyway Patton. in four weeks' time once I've sort of snuck in there into his friendship group. But um, no, it's going to be going to be interesting to see how that goes. Might propel us from the bottom ten to the bottom eight, hopefully. So uh, we'll see. Jury's and out. You, 
if you want to be like Jonathan Patton and be a good friend of the show, you can follow us on all the <laughs> socials. We're at uh, Dictionary HQ. Uh, and you can follow Sin as well at Sin Media. Uh, on all the socials, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Reddit as well, uh, if, you're a, if you're a Redditor. Uh, but Hamish, it's been, been a good show. If you've got anything else that you want to add before we head off and uh, return next week. You're the, you're the Segway Samurai. <laughs> you're unbelievable. It's a, it's a natural talent, so credit to you. But no, um, very fun episode. Thanks for listening, everyone, if, if anyone did. And, um, yeah, we'll do it all again next week. We will do it all again next week. Connor, will you be there? I will. And just for anyone who's listening, please um, leave leave a review for us somewhere and or even email in and let me know if you're with me. Hamish, next week your sting is acapella. No, no backing track. We want you one out, vulnerable out here. And yeah, I'll see. You, I'll see you next week, boys. And if you've got some footy card facts as well, if you've got a collection or some pocket profile facts, anything oh boy, like that, yeah. send them through to footydictionary at gmail.com or any of our socials. Socials We're at Dictionary HQ. But Hamish, Connor, thank you very much. Thanks to you guys for tuning. We'll be back at the same time next week, Monday, 4 p.m. on Sin, Melbourne time, that is. But for now, uh, we'll leave you with Sports Desk. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye, 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 bye.